I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We are here. We are ready. We are pumped. We are excited because not only is this Biscuits colon a hockey podcast, it's Biscuits colon a trade extravaganza show. We're not going to talk about anything else. We don't care about Erica Branson's stupid contract. It's going to be bad and long and dumb and he's not good. You don't want that on your team. Everybody knows that. You don't need us to talk about that. What you need is a primer. You need something to get you set up for next week. Something to build up your hopes. Build up your excitement only to be let down when the second biggest trade of the day involves Luke Glendening. That's what you need. And I'm Dave, by the way. That's a long, wordy intro. And you know who else is here. Hey, guys. It's Sean. It's Sean. Here in Ottawa. Uh, and, uh, yeah, trade deadline mm-hmm. week. Trade deadline week. It, 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 sometimes it's trade deadline month, but they were very kind. They've The GMs have all waited and not done anything at all. Nope. Off enough. Six days out. Although, yeah, well, That's exactly. Yeah. enough. And a- and since, which we talked about last week, and since then we've had basically nothing, which either means that this year's deadline is going to be a huge bust, or it means that they're doing what we always ask them to do every year, which is save the deals until closer to the deadline. And then it's just going to be like a crazy few days. It's it's the worst deadline now. I was thinking about this. Baseball is always good. Like baseball last year, Jay Bruce got traded, and he was like he's a thirty homer guy, and he was probably like the seventh or eighth biggest trade of the of the deadline. Football used to be the worst, but then this year they they kind of started trading dudes. Like the Dolphins traded Jay Ajayi to the Eagles, and he helped win them a Super Bowl. That never happens in football. Football has now surpassed the NHL, and. I don't get it. I mean, the, the, the football has a salary cap. The NBA, the NBA. I mean, they just the Cavs just traded their whole team because they were bad. They were like, we got to do some stuff before the deadline. Let's trade everybody. And here in hockey, it's like, well, if you want Eric Carlson, you know what you got to take on? You got to take on the worst contract in the history of hockey. Oh, God, the, come on. The NBA trade deadline should once and for all forever put to rest the idea that NHL teams can't be expected to make major right, trades during right. the season. Because you have... The NBA, like the NHL, they, they always say, oh, you know, the salary cap. But the, the only thing in the NHL is you have to stay under the cap. That's the only rule when it comes to trading contracts during the season. You just both teams have to still be under the cap at the end and you can retain salary. There's all sorts of tricks you can use. The NBA actually has rules about balancing salary and everything has to, it's got to be not quite dollar for dollar, but it's, it's this really complicated stuff. Like when mm-hmm. NHL GMs describe their complicated lives, that's what NBA GMs actually live. <laughs> and yet a contender for the NBA title basically traded half their team just gutted it on, on deadline day, brought in and just totally reworked the whole thing. And, you know, some of, some of those deals apparently were like, days in the making and they managed to pull that off and yet yeah we can't we're we're already being told that like thomas mechanic is too too complicated a deal to get done so (laughs) i'm still vaguely optimistic i i feel like this is it's it's still going to be a you know the typical volume deadline and it's just one of these things where we're kind of waiting for the for the dominoes to start dropping. There is a significant chance that we're, as we're recording this on Tuesday morning, that by the time it goes out Tuesday afternoon or wherever, there will have been like seven trades 
that have negated most of what we're about to say over the next hour. That's but definitely going to happen for sure. If okay. it happens, just give us the credit for, because, you know, not, not a lot of people know this, but like this, this podcast gets recorded and then the rough cut gets shipped out to all 31 NHL GMs because they demand, <laughs> they want to hear it early. So a lot of times they take our ideas and then they act on them before, uh, before the, the regular. Yeah. Just to screw us. I think the yeah. NHL trade deadline wouldn't seem so bad if the expectations weren't built up for like a month every year. Like, in, like again, going back to baseball, you know who's going to get traded, and those guys pretty much always get traded. There's a couple guys like, yeah. like Josh Donaldson doesn't get traded because he has an extra year left, and he's super awesome. So he doesn't like Manny Machado. But pretty much every good player that should be traded gets traded. And in hockey, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll get into the actual people available at the trade deadline, but we talk about this all the time. Is they always find reasons to to kick the can down the road. Ah, oh, the yeah. draft. Ah, oh, the summer. Ah, oh, the before the season. Ah, oh, the next trade deadline. And the next thing you know, the guy's a pending UFA and his value is, has gone down by half. That's going to be our crossing. That's going to be our crossing yeah. next year for sure. It, it it could be. And but the, the other thing that's interesting is like with baseball. Part of the reason that that the baseball trade market is 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 so much fun these days is that like a third of the teams in in Major League Baseball are just blatantly tanking. Like that's that's a big part of the problem that that they're having this off season with the free agents that there's not enough of a market because there's ten or twelve teams that are just like yeah we're gonna try to finish last and we're gonna do what the Cubs did and the Astros did and the the flip side of that is hockey in most years it's it, we'd say there's not enough sellers there's so much parity there's so many teams that are either in the race or close enough that they pretend they're in the race and because of that there's just not there's there's only four or five teams selling there's 25 buyers the market doesn't work it's not really the case this year like this year there's a solid eight or ten teams that are either mathematically pretty much out of it or teams like the rangers that are accepting reality and and are going to act as if they're out of it so are are they though because i feel like they accepted reality like three weeks ago and they still haven't done anything yet like i feel like they've had enough time to accept reality and do something they've like rick nash we'll keep half his salary give us some stuff like like that could have been a deal you could have done two weeks ago yeah you could but then you know even even two you know there's the difference between getting rick nash with eight weeks left versus six weeks left that's that's a pretty big chunk of of cap uh you know there's a lot of teams there you know we also saw what what Part of what might be screwing things up is last year was kind of the first year that we really saw prices seem to dip on deadline day. Like typically it's been, okay, you wait and somebody will get desperate. And and last year, the teams that were getting desperate were the sellers. And, and you saw, you know, the, 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 the teams that went out and made deals early, uh, like Minnesota and, and Washington with Kevin Shattenkirk, they ended up paying the higher prices, and the teams that waited got got discounts. So you wonder if maybe that's mm-hmm. what's going on here, that the buyers are are trying to play a little bit of chicken here, especially up front where you've got all of these wingers that are kind of in a similar tier, and, and you know maybe we need one or two of those guys to go and then people realize okay i can't miss out altogether so now i gotta i gotta pay up but the question is who who makes that first move when does it happen and you know do we make it all the way to deadline day without any of the the major pieces moving and then does that give us a just a day of total chaos or does it give us a day where suddenly all these timid risk averse little baby gms decide that they can talk themselves into just not doing anything because the guy that they're chasing didn't do anything and the team chasing them didn't do anything. So let's just throw our hands up and not do our jobs. All right, let's get into the Rangers because they're the team that quit first. They're that team that said, screw it. We don't want to finish anything, get our asses kicked in the first round. Let's just, let's just bag it. Let's just get rid of all of our UFAs. The way, I mean, we've talked about this before on the, on the, on the biscuits, but like Nash and Grabner are going to go for sure. I don't think it makes any sense at this point to trade McDonough because his his value could not be lower right now. He's he's having a terrible season. The Rangers are openly selling. You're not going to get probably fair market value for him. There's no rush to trade him either. He's not. It's not like you're the Rangers and you're or you're. It's not like you're the Senators and you're and you're cash strapped and you need to get rid of a guy because you're not going to be able to afford to sell to buy popcorn to sell in your arena anymore. They'll be they'll, they'll be fine. Same thing with Zuccarello too. He's I I, I hate. The idea of 
doing stuff as a sports sports franchise as an as an organization as you call it up there i hate doing stuff with the with the idea of like oh this is going to make the fans sad oh this is what the fans want but ranger fans love matt zuccarello i can't i can't overemphasize how much because he's 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 a little dude and everybody in sports loves the little dude on their team no matter who he is but like he's a really 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 good little dude and Maybe you want to trade him next year if things are going badly, sure. But I don't think there's a rush to do that. I think Nash is probably going to go to Nash to Boston. Just makes so much sense. And Grabner, I, I, there's like seven places he could go. But I, I could see Mike. Like you know who could use Grabner, but they're they're not going to get him because they're they're done. Is is the Kings? The Kings could use a guy that could actually skate, and they're not going to get him. But I could see Grabner I don't, going. To I don't Louis. think the Kings are done. I think the Kings are going to get one of these guys yeah Grabner's cheap enough too where they could afford i guess they could afford him but i don't know i just yeah he, like the, the thing is like fit in there I just, yeah. grabner to me is a guy that fits with like there are teams that have that keep coming up as being in the market for guys but don't have a lot of cap room like you know you got to remember this time of year most teams have cap room most teams have enough space to bring on a pretty decent salary for the rest of the year maybe beyond it it's tougher but you know when you when you look at you know, I'm, I'm just looking at the cap friendly page now and i think it's it looks like uh, one two three four there's there's basically 20 teams in the league that have enough cap space to bring on five million dollars or more in terms of like a current cap it so they could they could bring on a guy who's got mm-hmm. five million on his contract without shipping anything the other way and you know that's that's more than enough to get the market moving but there are some good teams that that don't have that space and like you know i look at the st louis blues being one do they go after a guy like like a grabner knowing you know they, they've they've been linked to other guys they've been linked to to hoffman they've been linked to rick nash does it make more sense to go a little a little cheaper there maybe it does uh you know there there are a couple other teams the bruins don't don't have a lot of space um you know, I I don't know. I it, the the list of teams that could fit a Rick Nash is not quite as long, but it's it's still pretty long. I mean, they're, they're this they're, and, and especially considering the Rangers are one of those teams where they're a money machine. So if you call up the Rangers and say, ah, you know, I like Rick Nash, but gosh, I that cap hit, I don't think I can give you more than a you know a second round pick. The Rangers are going to go, okay, well we'll eat half his salary. So now first, what are you yeah, offering? Right. And, that, that's know, for sure what they're going to do. They're definitely going to so, retain half, I think. So I I think it's interesting. You you mentioned that you know we'll we'll kind of we'll hit on the players that are on the market, but also the teams that are going to be the buyers. And because you mentioned one that I find so interesting, and that's the Boston Bruins. Good team, Stanley Cup contender. I think we'd all agree. Tough road out yeah. of the Atlantic. Yeah, you know I the. Don't know. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm sold in the Bruins just yet, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I I would say maybe we can we can. No, it's fair. It's a fair assessment. You know, I'm just, how how much you know? What's a Stanley Cup contender? Are they are they going to are they Pittsburgh. one of the top two or three teams in the league? It's just Pittsburgh maybe, and Nashville. That's it. Maybe That's not. But are they? Maybe Tampa. you know are are they a team that could win? Yeah. I, I mean, I good goaltending, good you know top to bottom roster. Here's the thing about the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. They have not made one single trade all season long, which is interesting, but not super unusual. I I did this in my weekend column. I went through all the teams, and I think there were nine teams in the league that have either not made any trades or have not made any trades that involved players who play in the NHL this year. So 19, you know, so they're in the minority, but it's not not super unusual. the, The Bruins haven't made any trades at all. Uh, since opening night, I think there's like five or six teams that that, that applies to. So, not uh, unusual, but not unheard of. What's weird about the Bruins is they also didn't make any trades during the off season. Hmm. Hmm. Last last season at the trade deadline, they made one trade, and it wasn't a big one. They went and got Drew Stafford from the Jets for like a sixth round pick, pretty minor deal. That was the only trade they made all of last season. And the off season before last season, they didn't make a single trade. So they have made <laughs> one trade in basically two years, including two full off seasons, 
two full seasons, you know, de- like going back to the 2016 deadline, they've made one minor trade. So do you think the Bruins are like that guy in your fantasy league that never responds to your trade emails? You're just like, hey, what's up? Just want to see if you want to make a deal. I can use some stolen bases and they just never respond. Or do yeah. you think like they're just, they have a plan? They might be. And then you have to like send the email to the entire pool. Like, hey, yeah. everyone, just a reminder. <laughs> you might make sure your email is set yeah. up for trade offers. <laughs> make sure you check that box that says. Check at the top of the page. You might have. Yeah, they. That might be the Bruins. Like, we talk a lot about, you know, teams don't make trades and, you know, GMs don't make trades. And it's and that's true. But, you know, when we say, oh, teams don't make trades, we're, we're exaggerating for effect, except when it comes to the Bruins. The Bruins literally don't make trades. Don Sweeney has made one piddly little trade. He's busy. And He's got a lot going on, man. He is busy. And I mean, you can't argue it. You look at how this season's going. I'm, I'm not suggesting that he's, you know, that, that he's that he's wrong. And, you know, it's the same, you know, I know you always, the other team that comes up when you talk about teams that don't trade is the Jets, Kevin Sheveldayoff. And I, I know Jets fans are, I've, I've heard from you. I know that every time I mention that it's weird that the Jets don't make trades, I hear from Jets fans who are ready to hang the mission accomplished banner because the team is good this year. Finally. So clearly the strategy worked and you know, I'm, I, I want to see the Jets do well. I'm all in on that team, but like, I'd like to win a playoff game maybe before we, we start declaring that the strategy worked and, <laughs> and that it was a success. But yeah, like you've got the, the, the Jets don't trade, the Bruins don't trade. And when you look at the standings, both of those teams in theory, should be right there at the front of the line among yeah, among the buyers. But because I mean, if, the, if you're the Jets, if you, 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 you don't do anything for like six years and then you're, I mean, they made the playoffs before, obviously, but like, you know, you have one really good year. You can't just be like, well, all that not trade and pay. And at least they made the Tyler Myers, Evander Kane. At least they tried something at some point. The Bruins, they, They've I think, done more than the Bruins. Oh, for sure. But the Bruins, they've I done, think the Bruins the last two years were kind of in that no man's land where they didn't kind of want to you know, sell and they didn't want to buy. So they kind of just stand, they just stood pat, which made sense, I guess now in the long run, but the, the jets, eh, I don't know the jets. I'm not necessarily. The, the thing that gets me with the jets is, and, and, and I do understand that no trade clauses play a role here. There are, you know, the jets show up on everyone's no trade clause. So that does limit what they can do, but I'm always hearing from jets fans that, you know, they, they can't attract free agents. You know, it's it's just not a market that a lot really? of free agents want to wait, go to. Wait, wait, I thought that was just two San Jose guys that didn't like Winnipeg, and Winnipeg was awesome. Are you telling me that other people besides those three people that made a joke about Winnipeg also don't it want to is, go to Winnipeg? Come it on. is possible, especially when Winnipeg wasn't winning. And I, you know, I'd always hear, oh, you know, we can't get free agents. Okay, so if you can't get free agents, there is another way to get players. Hmm. Like there, it's you know, and you can go out and make make a deal. You think they would be focused on that again? You know, they're a great young team right now. Right now, they seem really well set up to to contend over the next few years. So you know, maybe you go, hey, the, maybe it worked. Maybe maybe that's what's going on. Maybe other teams are looking at the Jets and the Bruins and going, oh, we don't have to trade either. Uh, you know, but just at the same time, I'm looking around the league, going, man, you know, David Poyle trades a lot. Jim Rutherford trades a lot. Like. Those teams seem to be having some success too. Yeah, but so. those guys, those guys make their trades early. Those guys, that's what I, that's what I mean about waiting around to make your trade. Like yeah. they're just like, we need Kyle Turris. We're gonna get Kyle Turris. Hey, we need yep. Riley Shahan. I guess I don't know why. But let's go get Riley Shahan. We need a center. Let's go do it. Let's not wait until. Or February. they do it in the off season, right? Which yeah, like David Poyle says, the deadline. You know what? I'm not gonna make a trade. I'm gonna bring a 38 year old man out of retirement. That's what I'm gonna do. David Poyle thinks outside the box. He's not yeah. here to make your little third round trades for for goaltenders and things like that. He's 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 he thinks he thinks on his own, and I can respect that. But like, I look, see, at- I still I think the Predators are gonna be busy. I think they're. Uh, one of the, I mean, they're perfectly set up. Lots of cap room. Real good team. I, GM know. who is ready and willing to be aggressive. What do they have left to trade, though? They're not going to trade that 18-year-old kid that everybody just learned about like two days ago at the Olympics. They already added Mike Fisher to be their fourth center, essentially. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do too much. They've got, they their, could. They've got their picks. They, they can move picks. Yeah. They can move. You know, there's always... There's, there's ways, you know, and I, I think I, I see them being in on, on the guys. Because, again, like this is... 
you know, beyond just what's on the ice, you look at the run they had last year, you look at what that did to that market, how it just kind of transformed. Suddenly Nashville is, is this thriving hockey town. Like you want to keep that momentum going. I, I and you know, I, I see them being a team that that's going to want to go into the playoffs. You know, they're looking around, they're looking at the central going, we can win this division. Who's coming out of the Pacific? Right. Vegas. Like, you know, we, we, our path right back to the final is, is right there. So yeah, I, I'm still expecting them to do something. It's all going to be, and, and maybe more stuff, than right? just it's, one thing. They've, they've got, they've got enough cap room to add two big guys if they wanted to. So Carlson and Tavares. Yeah, baby. Let's do it. Do it. Do the dream team. Here, here's my thing about the Islanders, by the way, is not trading John Tavares and getting everything you can for him before the deadline is so criminal. It really is because you're the Islanders are like the Rangers essentially where they're going to get in and then they're going to get their asses kicked if they get in and then they're going to lose Tavares or have to resign him. I, it, there's this weird sort of in my mind. So I would say most Islander fans based on the billboard and everything else don't think Garth Snow is good at his job, right? And also most Islander fans don't want to trade John Tavares. You know who else doesn't want to trade John Tavares is the guy you think is really bad at his job that you're getting a billboard for. So why why are you so like dead set against trading Tavares when you could trade him, get two firsts, a prospect, maybe another player, and then re-sign him in the summer? If he really wants to be here, you can you can re-sign him. And also the whole thing where it's like, well, you know, we got to get the arena, we need Tavares. Well, you have the arena. I mean, the arena's not going anywhere at this point. You've you've got the deal. So why not why not do the best thing for your franchise at this point, which is trade John Tavares. And then, you know, woo him back on July 1st. I, I don't get the whole, I don't understand the point of holding on to John Tavares while the ship is sinking out of respect for him and he doesn't want to go anywhere. But him not wanting to go anywhere probably hurts the franchise long term. And I don't understand why people are so okay with it, is my point. Yeah. But I don't know. And and the other side of that is if, if you're going to hold on to the guy, you, then you got to make the playoffs. Yeah, you so may as well do something, right? You might as well. And it's not like, you know, it's not like the Islanders are one of those teams where you look at them and go, "Guy, I don't know, I can't figure out what the problem is here." Like we know the <laughs> issue with the Islanders is they can't keep the puck out of their own net. So it's it's goaltending, it's it's the blue line. Like it's not it's uh, you know, the guys up front are doing are doing their job. So yeah, you're right. It's in a in a different world where GMs really had to sit down and assess you know their their team and their chances and the path forward and how do we get to a to a championship that is exactly the sort of thing they consider but in a world where GMs sit down and go what mm. is going to make it most likely that I still have a job in a few months totally totally you you hold on to the franchise player and that way like like we've said before if if they trade John Tavares then that's something that the Islanders did that's something Garth Snow did if they hold on to him and John Tavares walks as a free agent for nothing, that's something that happened to them. It's something that was done to them, and that will play differently psychologically, they hope, with with the fans and, and around kind of the hockey world. So and it'll be poor Garth Snow instead of, oh, Garth Snow did this thing to and and he caused a player we like to leave. See, I see. I, I think he's screwed either way. I think if they hold on to him and they miss the playoffs, make the playoffs, whatever. But especially if they miss the playoffs and they hold on to the virus and then he leaves, is that worse than trading him and then him not coming back? I, I don't know. Well, it, it it won't be worse at the time. And years later, people will look back and say they should have traded him. But uh, people are are they saying that now? Like, I mean, it is. Uh, there is a little bit of this where. You know, I think there's there's probably some Islander fans and Islander voices out there that are sort of mumbling on this right now because they want to see how it turns out. And then, yeah, four months from now, you can just roast Gar Snow for not doing what he obviously should have done when maybe it didn't feel so obvious to you at the time. Mm. Where do you think Mike Green's going to go? You think he's going back to the Caps? I feel like that's such an obvious one that it's that's like Shattenkirk to the Blues, or yeah. it's like Nash to the Blues all those years for Shattenkirk, where it seems so obvious yet it never happened. Like Mike Green going back seems super duper obvious, but it, it does. But are the are the Caps are they going to be gun shy after the Shattenkirk thing? Like you know, I, yeah, they they went big last year. Everybody kind of I liked the trade at the time, but everyone because they didn't win the Stanley Cup. Has and and because he left in free agency, which they knew he was going to do, 
it's it's everyone's just kind of retroactively declaring it this big failure so now do you go out and pay probably not quite the same price but a a high price to get mike green i don't know i mean Uh, you know i you should i mean what happened last year shouldn't have anything to do with what the best fit is this year and plus they know him you know he's not like an unknown commodity to the capitals so they it's not as though they're going to get some guy they don't really know anything about i just feel like brian mccollum you know again with this idea that gms are in it for themselves first and then the team second you know he's sitting there going you know if i do this and it doesn't work now i'm the guy who keeps screwing up trade deadlines <laughs> you know and i don't know it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to be the bad gm here in in dc after all these years i'm the guy yeah. that couldn't get him past the second well that's everybody everybody couldn't get us past the second round you're not going to stand yeah. out in that but like, he's he's also sitting there going yeah who did i replace who what did that guy end up going and doing is he oh, yeah, or, oh right he's up there on the stage getting the gm of the year award <laughs> maybe yeah i don't know see I, you're, I, you're so consumed with like perception and public image because that's yeah. just who you are you're just this person who's all about you know me first and so when you see these gms I'm it just translates putting myself over. in the mindset of a gm <laughs> and i'm you're like a profiler behaving. yeah exactly <laughs> I, I'm, that's exactly what i am and i'm just it's i'm i'm assuming that virtually all of these guys are in it for themselves and their job security mm-hmm. and their reputation first and the team second. But again, it's it's inaction it's versus an action that doesn't work. Like if I'm in yeah. a situation where I'm like Gart Snow or I'm like Brian McClellan, I, I'm just like, screw it. Like, you know what? I'm damned if I do. I'm, I'm damned if I don't. I'm going to do the thing that, that I think is best at this moment. And for the Caps, again, they're, they're I, like, I don't think they're good enough to win the Cup, but they can get better. It's more why it's more I open. Think they are you. good enough to win the cup. I mean, yeah. I feel like we all just decided that there's this capitals thing and they're cursed and they can never win. And they're not cursed, I but mean, they're, they're as good. I mean, they're a top 10 team in the league. That's all you need to be to really, to win. I mean, would you pick them to beat the penguins in the second round if they play this year? No, I wouldn't, <laughs> but, but I wouldn't be shocked. You know, like that's the thing. You yeah. Know, I think the penguins would be overwhelming. 57 to 43 favorite like that's that's about where we get to in the nhl these days and so the caps could be up 3-0 in game four and then and then up two nothing with a minute to go and i'd still be like i don't know i I still think i still think the penguins can do this and i think they would they would feel that way too which is yeah but yeah no mike green to the caps makes sense i i still think that there's going to be some talk maybe of him going to toronto just because it's He's the the fabled right-handed defenseman. He's a good rental for Toronto. Yeah, they could use they could use Mike Green. They can use any defenseman really. He's, they can use they can use anyone on that side on the right side. And and most of the other defensemen available are lefties, and they're actually they're the Leafs are pretty good on the left side. It's it's the 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 right side. And and Mike Babcock, he he needs his guys to shoot the right way. Like he's not the, you know other teams. You'd go well, take one of the lefties and move him to the right and just have him play out a position for it. Like nope. Not not Mike Babcock. So I could you know I could see that I you know hopefully it doesn't it doesn't go you know the I I know it's I don't know what the price looks like on that because he's kind of the best defenseman available and you yeah you win from the net out and blue line and all this stuff so in theory the Red Wings should be able to really get some value out of this but I'm I don't know I'm not sure if they will or not maybe they hold on to him Ken Holland apparently says he doesn't believe in rebuilds so. It's easy to not believe in rebuilds when you're constantly built for two decades and then suddenly it goes sideways. You're just not equipped to handle it. Uh, I don't do rebuilds. I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw a bunch of money. No, you can't do that anymore. There's a salary cap, Kenny. No, 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 no. Trust me. Trust me. I got this plan. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make us a championship team next year. Yeah. But Henrik Zetterberg probably going to get some sort of thing that's going to cause another time. No, no. Johan Franzen's going to come. No, he's not. He's done too. You're, you need to rebuild. You need to tear. I mean, and they got from Erasic. I mean, that's a pretty good pretty good i mean actually that's not really a good deal that's actually a really good deal for the flyers so maybe he's yeah. not the guy that you want they didn't get with. they didn't get much for him but at the same time like two picks yeah I yeah fine, i mean I, I i think even though the flyers in theory were desperate i mean they had they had to be desperate i think there were two or three goalies out there they could go get and i'm not sure that there were there was more than one team that really wanted a goalie so i think ron hextel still held 
held the uh, you know some some of the the power there and it's a weird deal because like both the picks are conditional and you know they they can go they can go as high as a second but as low as a fourth and they I don't think the Flyers are going to re-sign them so they probably don't get the second draft pick but it, that's kind of one of those deals where it's like well we should have got more okay who who was going to give you more right the, the the only the only way I think you get more there is you you tell Ron Hextel we need more and check back in a few days and you know go lose your next two games because your goaltender can't stop the puck and now you're right back on the wild card bubble and and see if you're if you're willing to to pay a higher price but the flip side of that is what if two games else? later yeah. Ron Hextel's got Robin Leonard or Anthony Ranta or whoever else and says okay now good luck trading. Peter Mrazek for nothing at all because there's nobody left who wants him. Sean, you know what time it is. I think you know what time is it, it is. Is it is it uh, empty, awkward silence time? Well, the Brits the Brits get some stuff, so uh, we're gonna take That's a break right. and sell some stuff across the pond. Some some cricket cricket bats, maybe I don't know. That's a thing in England, isn't it? And then some we'll come back. Wickets. We'll come back and we'll uh, we'll do some we'll do some. I guess we got some. Who else? What have we talked about yet? Evander Kane. We haven't talked oh, about. We got a bunch of guys. Yeah, we've only got through, through a few. We got we got all the wingers and maybe even some of the bigger names. All of our all of our senators guys. We're a big senators podcast, so we got to come back and do that. So uh, stay stay tuned for either like a minute or like five seconds, and we'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So uh, another thing too that I, I find funny is I'm looking over like uh, you know the top 10 top 20 trade deadline guys available and you're looking at their stats and I believe amongst all the guys who are trade bait and all that sort of stuff, I think Evander Kane leads all scorers with like 37 points right now. And well, you know what there's he, he does except for one guy. Who is it? There's Where? one guy that's higher. There's one guy who's a 40-point guy, and that's Thomas Vanek. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got to get Thomas who, Vanek. Who is like <laughs> one of those guys that he is fun to me because it's like who, what GM out there is going to pin their playoff run on Thomas Vanek? A guy who, fair or not, has the reputation for being the opposite of a clutch guy. Uh, but And yet, he's on a cheap contract. Very, very renter friendly contract you know he he could be like he's going to be the guy that'll potentially go until like 255 on on trade deadline day and then suddenly he'll go somewhere and, and probably end up being more productive than a bunch of the bigger names we need we, we, we need to figure out a way to just have better like why are there never really good players available at the trade deadline why why, why do other sports too complicated dave Ugh. it's how could you possibly trade Eric Carlson or Robert Ekman Larson? I mean, it's so complicated. They it's have hard. a cap hit and a salary. <laughs> I mean, by the way, so like, let's say, let's say you're, let's say you're a team, and you call up, you call up Ottawa, and Eugene Melnick answers the phone and says, "Please hold. I'll put you through to our CEO." And then he puts you on hold and says, "Hi, Eugene Melnick, CEO. How can I help you?" And then you say, "I want to speak to the owner," and he goes, "Hold on a second. Let me put you through." Hi, Eugene Melnick, owner. How can I help you? And he says, look, Eric Carlson, we're not going to be able to afford him. He doesn't want to be here. We're willing to trade him. And you're just like, wow, that's great. That's why I called. What's it going to take to get him? Well, for starters, you have to take Bobby Ryan's contract, which has a $7.5 million cap hit through 2022. Like, do you hang up before he even says 2022? Because you're never going to, no one's going to take that deal. No one. You're like, I, like, yeah, I don't have 15 million in (laughs) cap space available for, right now for a 20 goal and that is best. i mean there there was that's kind of there was a report out of ottawa saying that that's a condition for the senators and it the report didn't come from right someone who's typically 
directly plugged in. You had a French name. Stuff, you so had I, a French name. I would so take I trusted it. it. Yeah, I, I would take it with a grain of salt. Uh, but it's yeah. There's I mean, no that's way. what there's if no you're way. if you're a Senators fan and there and and there is any truth to that, you've got to be furious because they don't. The, the Senators have no cap problems, so it's right. it's not you know. <laughs> it's it's just purely saving saving money i mean if you're gonna like i i yeah absolutely try to get try to get out of the bobby ryan deal if you can it's a terrible contract but you don't like you get one chance in a generation to trade a guy like eric carlson you, you gotta maximize your return and not not plug any other conditions on it but th- there is this you know kind of still talk you, you heard up here uh, nick caprio's Mentioned it on on Hockey Night Canon on Saturday that there is still talk that this deal could happen before the deadline, which would kind of go against what we normally hear. Because yeah. you're you're right, like we always hear, it's too complicated. You can't get a trade done during the season. Too hard when you when you only have like, you know, when did we first hear that Eric Carlson might not be long for? I mean, that was three months. You can't get a trade like that done in three months. What you have to do is wait until the end of the Stanley Cup Finals and then get it done in like two days before the draft. Right. Somehow, right. somehow, like I, I guess if you're at a hotel somewhere on a beach, you can get these deals done. But three months of three months during the season is just it's just too hard. I mean, obviously it's it's not, and they could get it done. And you'd think some team would want two shots with Eric Carlson. I, I mean, the, the, the one that I keep coming back to, and it scares the hell out of me, especially as a Leafs fan, but Tampa Bay. Yeah. Because I mean, Tampa's the one team, you know, as soon as you say Eric Carlson at Tampa, you go, well, how, how the hell are they going to afford him? This guy's he's going to want $10 million, maybe more than $10 million on his new deal. How do you afford him if you're Tampa? You know, how does any team afford that kind of contract? And there's lots of teams that you look at and you go, okay, maybe they could, maybe they could. Tampa's the one team where it's like, you know what? What if they can't afford them? They get them for this year and next year. Take two. You're the best team in the league right now. Take two hard swings for the Stanley Cup. And then if he walks, he walks. Right. Seems you know, makes sense. And, and, and you live with it. You know, you've got, you've got a year and a half to convince him. It's fun. He can play pirate dress up with Victor Hedman <laughs> whenever he wants to. Whatever you're into. Whatever but if he fine. if he's not if it's if at the end of it you got two playoff runs out of him and he says I want to go make maximum money somewhere else and and Tampa can't afford it, hey you, you know so you gave up your first round pick and who and however many prospects, so what you know what we took two swings at the Stanley Cup and we were the Stanley Cup favorite two years in a row. I I mean, I I take that I think that's. That's that's all you need, even if he does walk. Whereas most of the other teams you link to him, if they don't get him signed, you consider it a you consider it a, a loss. The, the guy. So I was watching the Rangers get pummeled by Ottawa. Not pummeled, I guess, but eh, pummeled, we'll say, over the weekend, and it hit me. I said, you know, a, a team could really use a Derek Broussard type guy. Like, why why haven't I heard Derek Broussard's name? And then, you know, I typed in Derek Broussard, cap friendly, and then. I saw his contract, and it, he has a $5 million cap hit next season, but he's that perfect Ottawa Senators guy who's only owed $3.5 million in the final year of his deal, where the cap hits high and the actual dollar is low. But I, I believe his name comes up in rumors now because I didn't, I didn't realize his name was even involved, but he would be a perfect guy for the Penguins if they could figure out a way to afford him, which I, they probably can't. But I, I can't imagine Ottawa ever trading a guy like that. Not because he's valuable and he'd be really good in the playoffs. He's been he was so good in the playoffs for the Rangers. He was good for the play. He was good for the Senators in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. But they're 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 never going to trade a guy who has a bigger cap it than he has dollars owed. It's just there's well, just no there's no but, way they'll. But do the that. thing is, he's got the bigger cap, but he's he does still have the dollars. Owed. You know, I mean, not they, a lot. it's not a lot. I I think it would make a lot of sense to move him, especially this year right you look around the market like who who else who are the centers available right there's a ton of wingers yeah but most teams need a need a center and you're right like someone like the penguins that could that could be a great fit but you know how you got to figure out how to i think they're capped how to make they're, it work yeah they're so capped out like a but, you know and, and the senators did they retained salary to make finif happen so you know would would they be willing to do it here maybe 
uh, I think I feel like that makes a lot of sense. I I feel like moving him would be one of those things. I mean, the Senators have got so many guys in play, and maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like this is shaping up to be one of those things where there's all these names involved, and then they only end up moving one or two guys, and they they just go, ah, you know, we were close on a bunch of other stuff, and it just didn't it just didn't happen. <laughs> a and, classic lie. But, oh, yeah, we, we were right there. Oh, Especially yeah. in auto, like the Senators have for years been the masters of always making sure they were linked to almost every name out there and create the perception that they were always like a close second on everyone. <laughs> so I, I don't know, maybe, maybe not like Pierre Dorian's got his extension. Now he's got some security and in, in theory, you know, whether it's Carlson, whether it's, you know, Mike Hoffman, who's another guy, I don't necessarily understand why you'd be looking to trade him. Yeah. But if you are, I, you know, I move him to my top of my winger list ahead of the Pacioretty's and Canes and whoever else. You know, you should be able to get a ton for him. I don't know. This is like the Senators are, you know, this this being a Senators podcast, I can say that like they are one of the most fascinating teams to me over the next week because a week from now we could be sitting here saying Senators barely did anything. Or I could see us sitting there going, the Senators just owned that deadline and just and and made a bunch of big deals and totally reshaped their outlook and and were really aggressive and creative and and all of that stuff you know what you know what i want here's what i want so the trade deadline is monday right so what i want is after the deadline's over after the senators make a bunch of trades i want eugene melnick to call the media to the to the canadian tire whatever the heck the building's called at this point on wednesday morning to to meet the the newest acquisition for for the Iowa Senators, and instead of it being a player, it's just a pile of cash that Eugene Melnick has saved by making all of his trades, where <laughs> he's dumped a bunch of money. It's like, uh, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, uh, I just want to introduce our newest senator, and it's uh, eight point four million dollars. And we'll open the floor to yeah. questions to the eight point four million. Go ahead. Just a scarecrow stuff full of cash, <laughs> with a dollar sign on the jersey where the number should be. Loonies for eyes, and just ah, oh, he's he, we're, we 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 really like what he's going to bring to the to the to the franchise here. We think he's going to be a real relief. For, for a lot of people around here and you know we're really excited for the future just go 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 all in go all in on being the bad guy that's 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 all i want he's he's most of the way there so <laughs> uh should we do uh i, I just mentioned them so kane and patcheretti mm-hmm. I, I mean patch like it feels like we're kind of walking back on the whole max patcheretti is going to be traded thing and i don't understand how we do that because i mean it's it was like a month or two months ago. It sounded like they had made their minds up; they were going to move the guy. So, I mean, and, well, and maybe, obviously the season's a total write-off, and he's been playing well since then. So, how do you, how do you want to move a guy in December when he's playing bad? But now that he's playing well, and in theory his his value's gone up, you talk yourself out of it. Well, what if like, what if like Mark Bergevin walked into um, Jeff Molson's office and said, "I got a deal lined up for Max Pacioretty." He's like, "What is it?" Pacioretty straight up for Nick Bonino, and he was like, he was like, all right, may, maybe we should wait until the summer. No, 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 no. We 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 need what Nick Bonino brings. He brings two Stanley Cups here. He's he's got that grit, and Max is a he's a baby. He's soft. Okay, um, we're gonna have to let you go. <laughs> I'm sorry, we can't let you make any trades for us. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they just pulled him back because they don't trust Mark Bergevin and his striped suits to make deals anymore. That could be. It's such a you know, it's it's so weird when like GMs that people think are going to get fired still get to do the trade deadline blows and, my mind but at the same time you i mean somebody's got to do it because this is this is your this is your time and again like patch kind of in that same he's he's obviously not an eric carlson level player but you get him for two do you want him for two playoff runs or do you want him for one like are you really going to get more i i don't know are you going to get more in the summer for some team to get one regular season plus one playoffs when they could get one regular season plus two playoffs right now. I don't Yeah. I don't see how that adds up. Do you feel like so well, I, I mean like go back to Colorado. Do you think that what they got for Matthew Shane they could have gotten the same deal like a few months earlier, or do you think they did the right thing? Because I feel like the deal was obviously fine. it worked out well for them and, and every situation's different, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, we don't know what the offers coming in are and, and yeah. but I mean Colorado they they didn't trade him at the deadline. They kicked the can down to the draft. Didn't do it at the draft. Didn't do it in the off season. They waited till like mid November, which in theory is the worst time to trade someone. That's when we we almost never see 
big trades made. But, I, you know, I guess that's where the pieces came together. But, you know, Matt Duchesne is a guy that, even though his contract is, has only got one year left on it now, like, he's a guy you go out and acquire for the long term. Like, you're you're assuming that you're going to have Matthew Shane for this contract and the next one when you make that trade. Whereas some of these guys a little older, I, I, you know, you got to be thinking more short term, you would imagine. So I don't know. Like Kane's the other one. Kane's interesting to me because the team that trades for him, what, what do they think they're getting? Do they want, are they getting him as a rental or are they getting him because they think they're going to sign him and make a long-term commitment to the guy? And how does that affect the price? Yeah, but you don't tip your hand to that when you're doing the you're doing the negotiations. You're just like, ah, he's only going to be here for a couple months. We don't want to overpay. Yeah. And then so maybe that's the question: is does you know does Buffalo buy that, or you know, because you think you'd get more if they're gonna if they're gonna sign him, or if you're Buffalo, do you potentially kind of call their bluff on it and and put a condition on the trade and try to say, okay, you know, we we get this now, but if you sign him, then you kick in some extra consideration. I think depe- I, I think depending where he goes, he's going to be the best pickup because you know, it's it's always the guys with the reputation like who end up like like Mike Green's kind of the same way where oh, he's not a defenseman, he's just an offensive player and then you get him and then oh, right, we need a guy who can quarterback the power play in Tiep Ovechkin. That's that was actually a good pickup. And I think Kane uh, Evander Kane if I'm correct has never played a playoff game, right? Like he's he's constantly like he was in Winnipeg, and there was no playoffs there for him, right? Because he was gone. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if was he. Or was he hurt? On that? I feel like he's. I feel like he has no playoff experience. Yeah, no, he does. He does not have any playoff experience. So maybe he was hurt that year, but yeah, like, like he's an unknown commodity in the playoffs. So maybe he gets in, and boom, he's got six points in five games, and whoever gets him is is through to the second round. It's like, wow, Vander Kane, we, we we could have had him for a second. And he needs the new deal. And I mean, we're always talking and. In, in sports yeah. in general about guys in their contract year and you know whether that's motivation or not i don't know if it's a guy who has been photographed holding a stack of money <laughs> up to his head that may you know maybe that's a guy who's going to be right he, he's going to want to you know a big a big playoff run from him probably makes him like literally millions of dollars more than uh than what he would get ordinarily heading in so yeah i mean he's he could definitely I'm not sure I'd want to commit, you know, a six or seven year deal to him in the off season. But yeah, you're right. If if you're a if you're a contender, yeah, bring him in. You're gonna be in theory gonna get a motivated guy. What do you think Vegas should do? I've had this yeah, argument. That's... I've had this argument on my on my other podcast, and I just feel like you can't stay pat because. Yeah, going into the year, everybody thought Vegas was going to be the, like every other expansion team and be terrible, but they're not. They're they're, you know, they're they're in that contender sort of category. So I get it; they're not as deep as other organizations are at prospects because it's their first year. But like, I think yeah, you have to do something one way or the other. You either have to dump off a couple of expiring contracts or just say, hey, let's 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 patch up some depth here on the forward and D, and let's let's see what we can do. I mean, they've got. They're they're of of the cup contenders, and the standings tell us they're a cup contender. Yeah, they're going to win the division. They've got all the cap space in the world. I mean, they've got and not just cap space now, but cap space long term, right? I mean, they're one of those teams that they can. Yeah, guy, we'll take a guy who's got years left on his on his deal, and I mean that one's that's so interesting because George McPhee, like what he's got to do is he's got to get that front office together, and they got to really sit down and go where are we at like right realistic like real talk here no bs no cliches how, where yeah, are we at how real are we how how yeah. right can this team win a stanley cup this year if if we can then we gotta go for it. where do we think we're gonna be next year is this year a, a fluke is this a one-off year do we feel like we've actually got a foundation here that we can contend for a few years or do we feel like this is this is just smoke and mirrors i mean i don't know how you move guys off the roster, like at least anyone that's right. you can't, significance. Right. You like can't James, trade James, James Neal is hurt now, James but it, I, yeah, I mean that one, and that's the wild card because you're right. Like if they just, I feel like if they don't do anything, they, I don't think that'll get thrown back at them. Like I, I, I feel like they're they're totally playing with house money at this point, and they can, 
uh, you know, even if, if they do nothing, George McPhee says that we decided to stay the course. I, I don't think he'll take any heat for it, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is wide open. Like you gotta, you almost gotta like forget the expansion label and just say, this is a team in the NHL right now. They're in first place. They're going to win their division. They've got a fantastic home record. They got all in theory, all the pieces and they have a ton of cap space. So I don't know. What do you do? Got to do something. I just do the whole standing pat because they've earned it as a group thing. Like I'm, I'm doing the wanking motion right now. I, look, yeah. The sports league, it's a business. You need to, you, you, I, to me, if you just don't do any, like inactivity is bad. If you're not making your team better now or in the future, then you're not, then you're hurting it overall. So if you feel like you got it, you feel like going back, Bobby Ryan. Well, yeah, I wouldn't take that contract if I was Vegas. That's still stupid. There's no, there's no. But I mean, that is the one team that if if that was a real thing, yeah. and it was like you can't have Eric Carlson unless you get Bobby Ryan, and everybody on that conference call hangs up, except you know, and then Melnick's sitting there going, "Is there anyone left?" And then that's when you hear George McPhee's voice go, "Yeah, we're still here." Hey, what's up? Because we're the one team that could that could do it or you know where the you'd you have know, to there's you'd have to know you're you, you'd be able to re-sign him though you couldn't just take our crossing yeah. for a year and a half and then bobby ryan for four after that whatever it is no you you, you couldn't too much although i mean at some point you kind of trust yourself and go you know what we're we're in freaking las vegas here i'm pretty sure we're going to be able to keep guys <laughs> around we're in we freaking las vegas here <laughs> You, sound, do that, but. you suddenly you suddenly became like a guy from Bayonne. Hey, we're in freaking Las Vegas here. <laughs> come on, come on, have some no, fun I, here. I don't know, man. I, I, the nights in th- every every time you hear about somebody and you're like, well, yeah, but they've got X years left at X million, so they're not going to be in play. There's always this little voice. It's like, yeah, unless it's Vegas, because they've got their their cap situation yeah, is great this year and even better down the road and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're one of that. They're that one team. Like, who could you get from Chicago if you were like, give us, make it worth our while to take Brent Seabrook? Yeah, and we and we bring him in as a guy who is going to be our, you know, our veteran, our guy with cup rings who we bring into the dressing room who can show everyone his rings and explain to them how he won them and all of that stuff that GMs (laughs) love so much. They do, you know. So let me ask you right now: What do you what do you do you want to do you want to do you want to rant about Luke Lundetting for a little bit before we do a couple of mailbag questions? I, or, you know what? It's it's not even a rant. I'll just say that because because yeah, he's he's the guy that keeps coming up with the Leafs. I have in the last week, I think there have been three separate times that I have logged on to Twitter and seen so many Leaf fans in my feed talking about him that I panicked and thought the Leafs had acquired him, and and they haven't yet. And I'm gonna just go over to Twitter now and double check, but like they've been they've been really uh, really linked with him, and and I don't understand why. Like the the Leafs, that is the Leafs need, you know, the Leafs need a number one defenseman, but those guys probably aren't going to be available heading into the deadline. The the other thing they need is a fourth line center because for whatever reason, Mike Babcock has decided he doesn't like Dominic Moore, and they've got. Frederick Gauthier, who they spent a first-round pick on a few years ago, which is one of those frustrating picks because even when they made it, he was already being projected as, like, fourth-line center material. But Mike Babcock doesn't like him, and probably rightly so because he hasn't he hasn't been very good. So they need a fourth-line center. But, I mean, are you going to go out and give up a pick for a guy who signed for, like, three more years? Like, just for, for what? For depth? It's it's one of these things where because Mike Babcock was in Detroit, I think the Leafs and the Red Wings will be linked on on trade talk for a while yet. And apparently he he liked this kid, but you know if if he comes cheap, sure, I guess. I don't know that you necessarily want to commit years down. I think he's got three years left on his deal. Then you know I don't I don't love that. But if it's if it's almost a freebie salary dump. Okay, maybe you, maybe you go ahead and do it, but if they have to give up assets, like th- this is one of those things where the it's not going to matter that much on the ice, but it's going to tell you something about how things are working off the ice in Toronto and how much 
how much sway does Mike Babcock have? How much can he kind of twist the arms of the front office to make sure that they go out and get guys that he likes? Because he's still as good a job as he's done in Toronto. He, man, that guy loves his security blankets. And right now he doesn't have one on that fourth line. And are they going to go out and retrieve his tattered old security blanket from his, his last job? I, I really hope they don't pay to do that. By the way, that whole thing started off with, this isn't a rant. This isn't a rant, but... <laughs> Luke Glendening, man. Like, I just... This, I this will is, come this to is your house and I will punch you right in the throat if you... Yeah, no, that was... It's not... That that wasn't a rant compared to what it'll be like if we're sitting here a week from now and the Leafs are giving up like a second-round pick to go could, lock down a fourth-line center who's not any better than the fourth-line center they already have that they don't like... There's just certain guys who I, whose names I always hear. Like Lars Eller was like that for a long time. We're like, oh man, Lars. Like, and, and you go, you look at his numbers. Like, yeah, he, he's a possession driver, sort of, kind of. But yeah, he scores like tw- he has like 28 points a year. Like you're gonna, like, like that the contract the Caps gave him. Like the cap hits fine, but like that that contract takes him to like his mid 30s. Like you really need Lars Eller for five years. Like I, I don't know. Like, yeah. the, he's better than he's better than Luke Lindenning, obviously. But I don't know. Those are the names you always hear in hockey. Like oh, Lars Eller's on the trade block. Oh, Luke Lindenning. Ah, it's a terrible sport. Um, Tom King. We didn't really get to the Oilers during our main non-mailbag se- segment, but he wants to know um, by how much do you expect the Bruins to overpay for Patrick Maroon? I, I, I kind of could yeah. see them doing it. I could see them going after Rick Nash and the Rangers being like, give us all this, and they're going to like, no, and then they'll settle for Patrick Maroon, and it'll still be an overpayment. Yeah, that yeah that one does. If, if they are going to make a trade, I could see them. I could see something like that happening. The Oilers are in a weird spot because they don't, they desperately should be sellers, and yet they don't really have anything to sell of any value. <laughs> so, so sad. <laughs> apologies to Mark Letestu and Patrick Maroon, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, Boston. Boston probably would make sense there because, like, he he reminds me of um, like they just like those like s- like sort of gritty scorer guys that aren't really super like Matt Bolesky. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. Matt Bolesky, yeah, right. Like I can see Patrick Maroon going there and 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 just Matt Bolesky didn't end up being Matt Bolesky enough for them, so <laughs> now they're gonna go double down. Um, uh, modest fiasco, whose name I believe is Aaron Steinbauer, based on his Twitter handle. What would be a fair trade between America and Canada that's not hockey related? Food, oh, culture, God. et cetera. Like what like what's a, what, like what do you what do you need from us that 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 could help you out? <laughs> from you guys? Would you li- would uh, you like would you like some gu- would you like some guns cuz we have we have a shit ton of them down here and nobody wants to get rid of them. But I feel like if you, you made us what? an offer like poutine straight I, up, I'd do it. I you know, we we at this point I think we'd move like maybe a mid-round pick for some some weather considerations but other than that <laughs> i think i think we're all set no you don't want i mean what's your reality tv situation like we got a lot of that down here too oh, that's true we could maybe Do you get yeah, big brother up there big brother's have been a on. surplus big brother's been on for like 20 years down here and I, there's no end in sight yeah we might we, well yeah i don't uh I, yeah <laughs> i'm I'm gonna go full Kevin Shovel Day off here. And, oh, come yeah, on, we're I think we're good. We're we're talking to some other. We're talking to some of the Scandinavian teams, and but we'll circle back with you guys if closer to the deadline. We'll be uh, no, we'll be there and we'll we'll check in. You want you want the you want the Buffalo Bills? We can give you the Buffalo Bills. We'll trade you the Buffalo Bills for um, the Vancouver Canucks. Straight up, what we, do you say? We basically already have the Buffalo Bills, so it's we're not. We'll get yeah, like maybe. We might, we might want to try to get like Jim Carrey back, like repatriate him, but I think that's pizza for poutine, straight up. Come on, you guys have no pizza up there. I've been there. Yeah. Come on, you know what? I'd 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 consider that one. Yeah. I feel like I feel like poutine. If you look at the underlying numbers, it's really not contributing as much as as they think. But it's a fan favorite, so I don't know. I feel like as the GM of Team Canada, I'd be making my team better with that trade, but I'd be putting my own job in in jeopardy. <laughs> You don't want to. You don't want to get fired. I don't want to be the guy who traded poutine. I don't. <laughs> Four years from now, there's like just poutine places all over the world because it, it got a it got a fresh start in the United States. Yeah. 
Poutine, Poutine is the Matt Zuccarello of Canada. Guy, Guy Fieri's interview. <laughs> I don't even understand what that meant. But <laughs> Guy Fieri's interviewing you on an ESPN 30 for 30. Hey, so uh, remember that time you traded Poutine? Uh, yeah, I was, I was under a lot of pressure. I thought we needed more cheeseburgers. And, you know, it turned out we actually had some cheeseburgers already. So I really shouldn't have made the deal. And uh, now I'm the guy who traded Poutine. What have, I, what have I done to myself? Um... This is actually a good question. Ivan Gazidis Ultra. Everyone's got a weird Twitter name. Like they just like his name's Sage Gunner Forty Seven, and then he's got Ultra, and his the longer Twitter handles are a bad idea. He wants to know why would any other GM trade with David Poyle at this point? Like if David Poyle calls you and you see it's on your phone, like hey, David Poyle, oh, mm-hmm. do you take that call? I mean, I I I'd be afraid to take that call. Yeah, I mean, I I. I take the call, just kind of hear what he had to say, and then maybe sort of apply that to my own situation and be like, "All right, what would David Poyle? Every GM should have a what would David Poyle do bracelet right now that they're just looking at constantly." But I got a feeling that they do not. That was an ultra question. That question was is, is ultra like the new extra? I see people tweet things that say like figure skating is extra. I, I assume that means good, but I don't know. Is Ultra like that? I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm like Michelob still Ultra. concerned that there were apparently 46 other Sage Gunners before he got to, <laughs> to Twitter. I mean, Sage. If you're, if you're going to be a Gunner, you might as well be Sage. Um, type to be. Let's do one more. I comma Ryan, who goes by R Harding, 326. So he's the 326th Ryan Harding to join Twitter. Which GM will take on Brent Seabrook's contract? Do you think there will be a team that takes on Brent Seabrook's contract? Uh, see, I mean, I I can't imagine that. I, like, I feel like now is the last chance for Stan Bowman to offload that in any way that's not really ugly. Because, you know, again, like I said, it's, he's he's got the cup rings. He's got, the, you know, he's a leader. He's the gritty heart and soul type, you know, could, could some contender talk themselves into it uh you know you never say never we've seen over the years that gms find ways to get out of these deals but you know a lot of times they're they're done in sort of shady ways i can't see any gm i can't see any gm wanting to take that deal in a hockey trade i feel like the the blackhawks need to do something else and according to all the reports out of chicago they're not looking to move any of the core and they still consider seabrook part of the core so i i don't think he goes anywhere Eight years, eight years. That's six. a bad deal. That might be the worst one. That's that's it worse really than Bobby Ryan be. for sure. I think <sighs> it is. I mean, Bobby Ryan, if he could stay healthy, at least. I mean, Bobby Ryan last year in the playoffs, at least, was great. He wasn't good in the season. He wasn't great this season, but he there was something there where you know you. I don't. I don't. I think I feel like Brent Seabrook might be close to being done. But that contract is not close to being done. It's so front loaded too. Nine million this year, nine million next year, seven and a half the year after that. Like it's that it doesn't even become one of those deals where it's the the dollars are less than the cap until he's like thirty eight. Boy. And there's no one to attach to it too. Like you, you used to be able to trade guys like you like they the Carolina took Brian Bickle because they threw in Taravinen. They're, 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 they can't keep throwing in guys. They can't be like, Well, I'll take the brink at we'll we'll give you a Seabrook. Eventually you're gonna have no players okay. left. Like yeah, it's it's there's there's nowhere to stick this guy. You need to you need to de Lombardi him. You need to frame him for some sort of crime at a border and <laughs> that's how you get out of the deal. I you know, like I never say never. They always they always do find a way and Stan Bowman's a smart guy, but Yeah, nope. I don't know. I I can't imagine a scenario there. David Clarkson's been traded like two or three times, so David Clarkson for Brent Seabrook, who says no. <laughs> All right, well on that note, that is the trade deadline extravaganza. Trademarked by Vice. You can't put that on t-shirts or you have to pay us money. Um, we're going to probably have some trade deadline content between now and next week when we do biscuits on Wednesday, right? You have a, we have we a better. thing. We have a- no, I think we're, we're doing, I think we're doing the regular Tuesday, but like maybe a little bit later in the day. I don't know. Oh, is Some, that what it is? Something right, like yeah. that. So but same yeah, thing. I think Never mind. Ignore, ignore what I said. The usual, usual biscuits, so, the usual time for the most part. Um, we better have some trades to talk about. I mean, we're going to do gonna 40, a long show. 40, 45 minutes on, on, on Luke Lendenning. That's all it's going to be. It's going to be the Luke Lendenning podcast. If, if Luke Lendenning goes to Ottawa, boy, boy, are we going to have a show for you. Oh, my goodness. I'll, if, if that deal goes down, 
I'll try to, I'll meet him at the airport. I'll try to get him to come do the show live <laughs> in my, in my dining room. Uh, so vice, vice biscuits on Twitter, the, the iTunes, the hearts, the stars, the ratings, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. You want to say goodbye to everybody? Yep. Everyone, uh, have a good, uh, have a good trade deadline week. Go team Canada Wednesday night. Oh yeah. Oh man. You're, you're, you're getting, you, you realize. Condolences to team USA. Good try. Maybe next time. I cannot believe that we did this podcast the day before the United States beats Canada 7-1 in the gold medal game. I wouldn't want to talk about it either if I were you, Dave. (laughs) I understand. We're back here next week for the trade deadline recap and Dave's Lamaru fan club mail readings after the U.S. wins gold. Bye. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.